I have a dilemma we should learn because I'm not too prepared either way. I wanted to, to learn Perakei uh, Ovas like we did, we did two weeks ago. Two weeks ago was Perak Shlishi, this week it's Perak Hamishi. I started preparing, but I also had I also have from yesterday we have a lot more to do with the Oitzet Place Atari, which we never got to. I want to do today Perakei Ovas. Uh, problem is Perakei Ovas is very hard. <laughs> I always found Perakei Ovas to be extremely difficult to find something satisfying to say. And I uh, you know the first pair we did three last we had last two weeks ago was was a little bit easier, but I had a really hard time finding something to say. So let's just talk about some ideas. And then when we run out of steam, then we'll go to some of the Oitzer pillows. We'll finish up. But first let's just give some short ideas. This week is Perik Hanishi. Okay, Perik Hanishi begins with Nivre Hashem created the world with ten Utterances. Why? If Hashem so wished, he could have created the world with one mimer, but Hashem chose to create the world with ten mimeros, the Chazal say, in order to give the Tzadikim and the Rishonim reward, additional reward and additional punishment. Okay, so that's, that's a topic which I'm not really, that's a topic of in itself. And that's what he over here is a very nice Yisoyed in the beginning of this Sefer called Likutei Sheif, we this two weeks ago. He has a very nice son. He asked a question. Why he quits from the, from the Mamlois? This is a leak from the idea from the Mamlois. Why is it that the Perik almost begins with Moshe with Moshe Kibel Sinai? When did Moshe arrive on the scene? Moshe arrived on the scene way after creation. Creation took place in the beginning. So if you were writing Perik Yavos, which Perik would you put first? Perik. Chamishi or Perek Rishon, you would put Perek Chamishi. Okay, think about it. If you were assigned Basara Mamoros Nivra Ha'olam, right? That's the first thing we're talking about creation. Ma Tamaloi Ma Haloi Ma Rechal Yochal Mechul Mechul. Then we talk about all the ten, all different tens. And then after you get you get a little bit further ahead, maybe Perek second Perek, third Perek. Then you okay. Let's go ahead in history. We come to the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Perakim are out of order. Good kasha, right? It's a very good kasha from Mamlois. Okay, so he says here, the Mamlois says, he just says a very, very simple Yisod, is teaching you, don't forget. The Chazal say that the Torah came before creation. Don't, don't ever forget that. That, that tough kuf, uh, 900 and, uh, how many generations? 970, 70, 76, 70, no, 74, 74. 26 generations from the time of creation until Moshe Rabbeinu, there were 26 generations, and the, the number 1,000 is a very prominent number in Jewish, in Jewish thought. And 1,000 generations before the Torah was given, the Torah was, I don't know what you can use the word created, I don't know if that's the right word, but the Torah was revealed. Rashbi. The Torah was in Skala. To who? To the Malachim. They, they, so they, whoever they, it is. It was written without the, the kudos, without the... The Malachim didn't come until the second day. Malachim didn't come. Whatever it means, yeah. Sisrei Torah. But the point is, Chazal make the statement that the Torah was Niskala. 1,000 generations before it was given. Now, the Torah was given in this world that we live in, 26 generations after creation. That means 974 generations prior to creation. The Torah was Niskala. That's a very important story that has been taught to us secretly in Perkeyavos. That's why Perik Aleph is Moshe Kibbutar Sinai, and Perik Hanishi deals with creation. 
The order indeed is correct. Moshe just was Mikhail the Torah that already pre-existed before. And that is important you saw to, to, to keep that in mind. Okay, next he said, what's the real, this whole parrot deals with the number 10. Torah obviously uh, created the decimal system. You know, in computers, there is the binary system. It's either 1 or 0 in in their in the different cultures, study ancient ancient uh, history. Every culture had a different numerical system, and the decimal system. It's not. It's not the most popular. One to nine, and we start all over again. Yet the one that created the decimal system pretty much is the Torah. You can't deny that. That after Yud, after the letters of the Alevites, after Yud, you'd make a jump, a quantum leap, a quantum leap. What happened to the number eleven? That's, that's what we call the decimal system. There are only 10 units, 0 through 9, and then we start all over again. And that's really what the Torah, that really, so this, that in America we are, we live with the decimal, the whole world for that matter, lives with the decimal system. That really came from the Torah. The Torah created the world, the Asara Ma'amorais, the Asara Nisyonais, the Ahmadim, the Nisnase, all the tents, all the men, the whole world is the tents. Then should be the tent there. What? Uh, very yeah, good question. You're asking a very good question. You're asking a very good question. Where do you differentiate? Right, you're right. You're right. You're asking a question. Why is it that that there are there are there are two different systems? There is the system of seven, Svira. This week's parsha is Shemitah. Shemitah and Yovel is all built upon the principle of seven, absolutely. And yet there's this principle of ten, the Tasuma Maros. There are ten in the Kabbalah. Kabbalah, I know nothing about, but it's all about the number ten. There are ten spheres. Right. Once you say fifty, but there are seven. That's a multiple of ten. That's a. So you want to say he's saying a very good idea. He's saying is that even seven, it's seven times seven, followed by fifty, and fifty is also part of the decimal system. It's an idea. It's an idea. So it's it's something interesting. It's something to keep in mind that we live in a world today, we take it for granted. We take it for granted that something like the decimal system, we have to be aware that the decimal system is part of the blueprint. It's, it's holy. It's, it's holy. It's part of the blueprint of creation. Biasora, Ma'amaros, Nivra, Ha'olam, ancient times. Once read all about this, ancient times, almost no country, no civilization used the decimal system. It's a very funny thing how it even came, it came to be. Roman numerals and go to all, all the different cultures. And look where they are. It's very, it's very, it's amazing. How did it come about? Hashkacha promised that the world we live in now, Ikhaz and Mashiach, we're back to where we started with the decimal system, and years ago it didn't exist. Okay, now also is what? It had ten months originally, so I know this were added on later. Yeah. Okay, now there's another. This is a very popular part. I just want to repeat it in case you know it. If you add up all the numbers from one to ten, one plus two plus three plus four plus five plus six plus seven plus eight plus nine plus ten equals fifty-five. Fifty-five. What is fifty-five in Hebrew? Hain, hain, hey nun, hey nun. The word in the Gemara always says that the word hain Chazal in Sanhedrin Shabbaloshon Yavan in Greek. The Greek word for one, Greek, is hain, which is gematria, hain, nun, is 55. So this is also significant because Greek, yaft elokim liafes. This is something that we don't appreciate anymore. That's the system we do appreciate. But Greek has been lost from us. But Chazal say, yaft elokim liafes, the yishkoin be'ohole shame. There is an infusion of 
Greek culture or the yoifi of Greek that has been given to Klal Yisrael. And that's not, that, that's been borrowed, what's been taken. The concept of yoifi is said that's really miyuchit for Yavan. Yeah, the golden Yavan, they are the ones that have the expertise in yoifi. It's not a long distance between Uni. So this beauty, this concept of yoifi, beauty, beauty was given, was comes really from Yavon, Chazal Seidus, and it was incorporated into Yados. When we today we live, we don't appreciate this. So look, look, you know, look, look at the Muslims; they don't care about yoifi. Okay, the masks, most of them, I don't know. Listen, I don't want to get into trouble, but they don't seem very impressive. The masks, they don't, they don't decorate them. The Christians, they know how to decorate a church. Okay, they know. Okay, they know how to decorate a church. Some of the nicest shuls are one's churches. <laughs> they know what? Look at somebody old. Which the which architecture? What? The relationships of the heights and the width. Of where the Christians? Yes. Okay, but what about the masks? I don't know. They don't. I, don't, I, I maybe. It doesn't seem. It doesn't seem. It doesn't seem. They live in tents. It doesn't seem that. It doesn't seem that yoifi beauty means they don't. They don't dress in, in, in clothing that, that that are beautiful. So who says that yados should have yoifi? Where is this concept of yad that, that beauty? The way we live, Baruch Hashem, we excel in this concept of, of knowing how to uh, interior design, knowing how to dress, knowing how to enhance. Chazal say this midah of Yoifi that we find, we take for granted and we strive, it really comes from Yavan. And the Torah says, Yaft Elohim Liyavan, Hashem gave, created the world. Hashem gave the world. He gave the beauty, Yaft Elohim Liyafes, Hashem created the concept of Yoifi, and Hashem gave the gift of Yoifi to Yafes. And from Yafes, the Yishkoin Be'oholei Shein. And this should be transferred and given over to shame. Who is shame? We are shame. We are descendants of shame. From shame comes, comes Klali's show. We are descendants of shame. So therefore, this is now, and it's interesting, just this idea is that in the decimal system, you see this concept, the decimal system, uh, he ate up all the letters, the first ten, zero, he ate up one through their ten digits. But we counted, this is really it's a little bit funny, is it zero through nine, or is it one through ten? That itself is a very interesting thought. The kind of the, the, the thought, what's what, which, 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 which. Um, well, but when it comes to the gematrius, when it comes to the gematrius, we go one. There is no zero. There is no fs. There is no thing as zero. It's one through no, through ten, and that equals fifty-five. Fifty-five is the gematria hain, and in yefes in Greek, the word hain is one. So you see that even 10 represents a unit. It's a unit of, of beauty. Beauty is captured in, in, in bringing together parts. If you have just one object, it's natural, that's not beautiful. Yoifi, the essence of yoifi is usually when you take different objects, disparate objects, and you bring them together and each one complements the next. A natural stone is that called beautiful? Not, not necessarily. Something which is, is, is one. You, you quarry a stone, a diamond. You, and you have, a, you have a natural, smooth diamond. Is that beautiful? Not necessarily. It's valuable. It's valuable. Why is it valuable? 
Why? Because it's rare. It's rare. Not because, not because it's beautiful. Today we can make it beautiful by cutting it and they're, they're in, in, in different ways. So then that, that's already beautiful. Because what is beauty? Beauty is when you have multiple, multiple items, multiple objects, multiple dimensions, and they are come together, they are presented to that, together in a way which is appealing to the eye. It's parallel one to another, it's proportional one to another, one, one element enhances the other element. When you take different items, and different dimensions, different elements, and you compare them to one to the other, that creates beauty. So this idea is a very deep idea. Hain, this, this, this is a similar idea. You add up the number, all the, the first 10 numbers, you get 65. 65 is Hain. Hain, I'm sorry, sorry, 55, you get 55. 55 is Hain. What is Hain? Big deal. In Greek, Hain is 1. Okay, very nice, very nice. Hain is 1 in Greek. What does that mean? It's, no, it means a lot because 10 represents creation. In the number 10, Hashem created a beautiful world. Right. So the world is a beautiful world. The world is broken down into ten elements. Ten in its complete form, in its shlemos, is fifty-five. Fifty-five is a unit, but it's not just a unit. It's the unit that is expressed from the perspective of Yavah. And what does Yavon bring to the table that we don't bring to the table? What does Yavon bring to the table? Yavon brings to the table the concept of Yoifi, beauty, beauty. So it's not insignificant that it's pumped Yavon. Because you'll go to, oh baby, you'll tell me that in, 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 uh, in uh, Farsi, 55 is Hain, uh, and in Farsi, Hain means one. Or maybe in uh, some African language or some Indian language you never heard of before, or, or in Spanish. Okay, very nice. So in Spanish, hey means one. Big deal. It's, it is the significance that it's precisely in Greek that hey means one. Because what is one? When you combine ten, the shlemust, when you magnify ten, all of its parts coming together, it's one, it's beautiful. Because what is beauty? Beauty is when you have everything and everything is working together, everything is in sync, everything as is in one. proportion. What? As one. As one. That is the mahos of Yoifi. So there's a lot of great depth in this concept. Ten Mamarois, in its magnified form, is 55. And guess what? From all the 70 languages, it's specifically Greek, where 55 is one, because Greek brings to the table beauty, and this is defining the essence of beauty, and by turn is telling us it's a beautiful world that we live in. Don't destroy it. Go green. <laughs> someone said, someone I read, someone said, someone said, someone said promoting God that should be environmentally friendly and good to the, good to the guy says, the only green I care about that's what beautiful that's the greatest this is this is a that's the beauty one interpretation of this mission okay let's jump ahead to another short idea okay you'll help me with the numbers over here the numbers are uh now let's I'm gonna get to any other time I'm gonna go with the numbers also do some now numbers I'm not too good with numbers um Okay, I have a cash. I don't have... This is a cash. So the question is much better than any answer you're going to get. 
Just a question. Okay? Not not the chiddushim. In the Haggadah, we learn how many makos did we did had, did we did uh, the Egyptians uh, suffer in Egypt? Ten makos. Who doesn't know that? Then we have a whole long paragraph. How many makos do they get on the yam? So what's the first opinion? Fifty. Fifty. Because the makos was etzba elokim. So there, on the, on, on the yad, on, 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 it was the yad. Then there's a second opinion. It wasn't 50. It was 200. And the next thing it says it was 250. So there were only three opinions. Only three opinions. Either it was 50, 200, to 50, and the Haggadah, you make all the joshes. How then do you explain the Mishnah in this week's parak, where it says... It says, what's the Mishnah? Asara Nisim Nasu Lavosin Bimitraim. Ten Nisim Wudon Lavosin Bimitraim. Those are the ten Makos. Vasara Al Hayom. And ten Eser Makos Hevi. The Mishnah explains. Eser Makos Hevi Hakodesh Baruchu Al Hamitsriim Bimitraim. The Eser Al Hayom. My high. What's going on? It's a mefarish astira to the Haggadah. The Haggadah says there are three opinions, either 50, 200, or 250. But there were 10 subdivided. Yes, 10 divisions. Of, of That's an answer. Are you happy with that answer? <laughs> you say, you say, you're saying that it's right, the Haggadah says there were 50, but the 50 are all on the end of the 10. There were five different types of dams. So in Mitzrayim there was one mark of dam. On the Yam, there were five different types of dam. So Sachakol, five times the Sachakol is going to be 50. Okay, it's an answer. But they have Rashi on Haggadah? There is no Rashi on Haggadah. Haggadah so, so therefore, it just, it's just a very good question. I just, I never knew that, never, I never even realized it was a question. Okay, I never, you know, I got this. I never even saw it in Haggadah that he asked this question. Like, this is like a very basic, so you basic. You haven't seen it in Haggadah. This is, so have you heard this question before? No. So you go to Haggadah, so you know everyone Haggadah. Let's talk, let's go to the basics. Instead of telling the Gematrius, let's talk about Mishnayis. Right? Mishnayis. Mishnayis is the olive base. This is the bread and butter, right? So you have a Mishnah. It's one of the Mishnayis. And the Mishnah says, there were ten makos in on the Yam. So how then could the Haggadah be soiser? Haggadah is all medrash can be soiser when it says in the Beferish and Mishnah. And you have to say there was subdivision of the makos. It's an answer. But just the thing to think about, there has to be something deeper, deeper than this. Okay, let's go to the next. Next. What? The Tanoim. So what about the Mishnah? How come the Mishnah is what says Machlokes? What says Machlokes? So there are four opinions. So how come the Mishnah didn't call four opinions? You want to say it's Mamish and Machlokes Tanoim? So the Mishnah calls three. The God called three. You couldn't call the fourth. Why didn't they call the fourth opinion? To be to, for the purpose of Shlemus? It's a kasha. It's, I think it's, 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 it's a... Okay, let's just let's do another, no, another quick idea. Nisu... Okay, let's... We have once discussed that Hashem is described as HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In this Mishnah, and also in Pekiyavos, Hashem is mentioned multiple times as HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but in the very same Mishnah, here it says... There's a shadow where the correct gear says that Asara Nisyonois Nisu Avaseinu, there are different girsois, as Hakadosh Baruchu Bamidbar. But there's another gear so that says the Asara Nis, Hashem, the Klaishal tested Hashem, 
ten times in the Midbar. They violate Hashem's command ten times in the Midbar. And the other gear says, Asara Nisim Nisu Avoseinu Es Hamokoim Baruchu. And that appears in other places as well. So the Shail was the correct gear. You have to look at the Yasir, the Chum, and Yasir, the different two gear sites. When Klal Yisrael angered Hashem by testing Hashem, is the Girsa Nisu Avoseinu Es HaKadosh Baruchu, or is the Girsa Nisu Avoseinu Es Hamokoim Baruchu? Question Why would there be a change between Avoy HaKadosh Baruchu versus Hamokoim, hamokoim Baruchu? So they are not going into all the details of the sin of the Kosh, but just one thing which caught my attention, which made an impression upon me is, you have a bias. And the bias is built on, of course, it's built on, on the ground, on the earth, right? On the Mokoim. Location, location, location. Piece of earth, and on the earth you build a bias. Let's have a conversation with the ground, and a conversation with the structure, the bias. Say to the bias, bias, what, what do you think about the earth beneath you? The earth beneath you. How, do you do you have any appreciation that your that your foundation and your structure is all built on the ground beneath you? So the bias, if you give it uh, human characteristics, would say, of course, you know, if, if the if the earth is quicksand, then I'm, then the bias will collapse. If there's some type of a uh, problem <coughs> below on the ground on the on the ground. I'm in a lot of trouble. My whole existence, my whole existence depends upon the stability of the earth beneath me. Right? They're always afraid that California is going to just crack off, split off. split off, and just go out into the sea. Okay, so the earth, you know, the, <laughs> the earth, the earth is the support, is the bedrock, is the supporter of the bias. So the bias is very concerned about the location. Talk to the earth. Earth, you know, you know that on top of you, someone built a skyscraper. Do you realize that there's a skyscraper that's built upon you? It's worth a couple billion dollars. The earth will say, "I couldn't kill us because I don't need it. It needs me." If that skyscraper comes tumbling down, it doesn't affect me. I'm the earth. I'm the foundation. I'm the mokoim. I'm the mokoim. If the skyscraper comes tumbling down, so they'll build another skyscraper. They'll, they'll build nothing. They'll, they'll just leave it. They'll make a park. What do I care? doesn't affect me. The bias, the bias needs the mokoim. The bias needs the mokoim. The mokoim, the location, doesn't need the bias. Chazal say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is called mokoim. Why is Hashem called mokoim? Right, we have Baruch HaMokoim Baruch Hu, HaMokoim Yinachim Eschem. We find out mokoim. The answer is, whenever you find the word mokoim, you have to judge in every single case. It fits in perfectly into this mission. That's why we use a bit. But other examples, it's not so clear why it fits in. Is you have to remember, we need Hashem. Hashem doesn't need us. Hashem Chazal say He's Mekoyma Shel Oilam. He's the Mekoyma Shel Oilam. The world needs Hashem. The world is built upon the Mokoyim, upon the earth. But the earth, the Mokoyim, the location, doesn't need Hashem. I, that's why Hashem is called Mokoim. He is the location. He is the earth. If the skyscraper comes crumbling down, okay, I don't care. It doesn't affect me. The Mokoim is the Mokoim. The bias cares about the Mokoim. 
Because if the Mogham collapses, if the earth collapses, if there's, a, there's an earthquake, there's a volcano, or there's something wrong with the Mogham, there's some deficiency in the Mogham, then the bias is gone. It's gone. The bias needs the Mogham, not the Mogham needs the Mogham. The Mela, when we first talk of the Shvarch with the term Mogham, it's a recognition is that Hashem doesn't need us. We need Him. So why did He Therefore, create us? What? Why did He create Oh, us? very philosophical question. <laughs> You're asking the wrong person, believe me. <laughs> I have the same question. But, uh, Amir, what's so funny, Amir? <laughs> he's laughing really hard. Okay. He has a sense of humor, that's why he's He knows why he's here. Hashem has a sense of humor. You know, some philosophers, they actually say that. There's a lot of Epicurus in that question. That, 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 that's a, Hashem has a sense of humor. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. You know the guy who went to find the, the chief of all the Epicurus? And he walked in, he sees a, he's in his uh, library, and the guy says, you know, Shaskar, you know, Shabnarbahad. So you don't have no right to become Epicurus. That's right, exactly, exactly. You have to be a Talmud of the Epicurus. Just time to, 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 to go sing to go see, watch Are you saying I'm a Talmud Of course. <laughs> it's a Madrid. To be an Apicurus, you have to know you it's true. Yeah. Right? To be an Apicurus, you have to be, you have to be a Gavrad Abba. You have to be a Talmud You have to know quite a bit. Just, just to be a no, casual. No, otherwise you're stomach rubbing. To be a casual tail. It's not, it's no kunz. Okay, so the point here is, this, in this context, it makes a lot, a lot of sense. In the desert, Klal Yisrael challenged Hashem ten times. So when you, when you sin to Hashem, what are you really doing? Well, it's like, like a human being. When you, have, when you have a friend, when you have a business partner, and you want to take revenge, I'll, I'll steal his money, I'll, I'll cause him pain. I'll, whenever a human being fights with one another, there's an agenda. I want his money. I want to cause him pain. I want to teach him a lesson. I want he should know he should know something great about me. There's always a complicated agenda when you're dealing with your fellow human being, and when you have a, a little quarrel or you have some type of a scuffle. But when you're dealing with Hakadosh Baruch Hu and you challenge Hashem and you cause and you, and you, and you think you're causing Hashem tsar, always remember Aser Nisim Nisnasu Yisrael es. Hamokoim baruchu. Hashem is the mokoim. He doesn't need us. We need him. We're not causing Hashem any harm. We're not causing him any benefit. Everything that Kodesh Baruch Hu did is for us. It's for our benefit. To go be foolish and thinking that you doing a mitzvah, you doing an avera, it makes one iota difference in Kodesh Baruch Hu. It's a foolish mistake. And therefore, precisely the, the time of the Mishnah is using in this reference, he's being Mishanah. Until now, every time we refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he's always HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Here, for the first time, if not mistaken, it's the first time in all the Mishnahis, in the Parochim Mishnahis, that look, according to this Girsa, we're being Mishanah. We're being Mishanah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to HaMokon Baruch Hu to remind you. Because here the topic of conversation is changing. We're changing here to reflect the idea that you're, you, you, you're, caught, you're doing an Avera. You're doing an Avera. You're harming. Kaviyochel, you can think. I'm not going to follow your will. You gave me the mitzvot. I'm not going to do what you want, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So I'm causing you harm because your will is not being fulfilled. Fool. HaMokon Baruch Hu. The Mokon never needs what is built upon it. The, what's built upon it needs the makom. You're only harming yourself. It's not possible to harm HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All right, with that we will stop. Yeah.